Welcome to the Bridge Church Podcast, a weekly listen-in to the Sunday morning service of Bridge Church in Dayton, Ohio. Good morning, Bridge Church and Facebook Live. How is everybody doing on this uh, COVID-19 morning? Uh, I guess it's good to be seen, not necessarily to see. Um, But I'm coming to you. My name is John, uh, live from my home here in Beaver Creek, Ohio. Uh, Since we rent a building from uh, Beaver Creek City Schools at Fairbrook Elementary School for our services, we currently can't do that since the schools are closed down for the next three weeks. So I'm grateful for the technology that allows us to still hang out in these uncertain times. Um, If you're joining us for the first time, We've been talking about building resilience in a series called Fight For It. And you can catch up with us if you're interested in doing so from our audio podcast. Just search for Bridge Dayton wherever you get your podcast to find our feed and to listen in and kind of get a sense of who we are. But to quickly kind of catch everyone up, what we've been saying so far is that instead of fighting against pain and instead of fighting against discomfort, that we want to be fighting for resilience that comes through the pain and through the discomfort in our lives. And we've been using um, this definition about resilience. We've said that resilience is bouncing back from a life disturbance. But in the middle of a life disturbance, not unlike the life disturbances that we're all experiencing right now in different ways, um, we aren't really bouncing back. We're either like reacting to or we're responding to the disturbance in our lives. And we're all familiar with reactions in life. You know, reactions are generally full of emotions. They're all hyped up on an emotion. Reactions in life make us, you know, say things that we regret. They make us say things that we come back and say, man, I didn't mean that. I'm sorry that I said that. That's not what I really think. Reactions can make us do things that we regret, things that we have to apologize for and, you know, hey, I'm sorry, I really didn't mean to do that, please forgive me. Reactions are things that take us to places that that can be really hard to come back from, they can be really hard to to bounce back from. And, And it's easy for us to see reactionary people through the windows of our lives, right? It's easy to see reactionary people on Facebook, It's easy to see reactionary people and reactions on Twitter. And we all put names and faces or even types on these people. Some of us call reactionary people Republicans. Some of us call reactionary people Democrats. You know, most of us right now call reactionary people like the crazy toilet paper buying people. But these people are a lot harder to see in the mirror than they are to see through the windows of our lives. It's it's harder for us to see our reactions like in ourselves. It's harder to see ourselves as a reactionary person. And then there are like the response-driven people. There are the responses in life. Responses are generally something that's thought out. You know, it's had a lot of thought put into it. Responses are, are measured events in our lives. Responses are things that that are generally come across as appropriate to the moment or the situation or the life disturbance. Responses don't carry with them like the regrets that the reactions do in life. And the people who respond around us in life, they are the people that we 
respect. We have a lot of respect for them. They, people who respond to situations are people that we want to be like. We say things like, you know, how are you so calm right now? Or we ask our friends, you know, how, how are they handling this so well right now? And we've all met people who fall into both of these categories. We've met the reactors and we've met the responders. But we've all been people at different times in our lives that, that probably fit into both of these categories. We've been reactors and we've been responders. But I believe that inside of us that we all desire to be the types of people who respond appropriately to the situations that come up in our lives. I believe that that responders are people who are not only living a more full life, but that responders are people that help others to get to that full life place in life, which is what we're all looking for. And for any of us who would say that we are Jesus followers, that we are Christians, you know, this is what we should do. The, the full life that we have, it came to us on its way to someone else. But too many times in life, like Christians, we are right in the middle of the reactionary noise. We're ones that are yelling loud and we're fighting against the pain and we're fighting against the discomfort rather than fighting for the resilience that comes like through this. And in Romans chapter five, Paul is, writes a letter and he's talking about this idea. He, he writes to a group of new like Jesus people in Rome, which was full of like so much discomfort for them. And what Paul says to them is something like very specific for Christians. Uh, if, if you're a Christian, this is what God wants for and what he wants from us in our lives. And we can specifically like point to our lives right now in the wake of this COVID-19 and all the discomfort that it is bringing. Um, and and we, can, we can look at this and we can say like, you know, there's something more here. And listen, I don't want to minimize what anyone is going through, but rather I want to maximize that there is more happening than just the discomfort, than just the pain, than just the life disturbance that is going on with us right now. And listen, if you're not a Christian, I think that, that what we're going to talk about here, that this can be a game changer for you too. And you might even, you know, begin to see, if, if you play along here with us, you might even begin to see the practicality of following Jesus differently than you've ever seen it before. Paul starts out in, uh, in Romans chapter 5, and uh, he's, again, he's talking to Christians, he's talking you know, about our faith and how our faith in God, it brings peace and privilege into our lives. That, that when, when we are like leaning into this faith that we have in God, that there is ultimately peace and privilege that comes to our lives. And, and we like that, right? I'm, I know I do. Peace is something that we're all looking for. If you're a parent, you are looking for peace in your life. You know, you've probably even said, can I just get a little bit of peace and quiet away from these kids at some point? You know, it's why date nights are important. We're just looking for some peace. But we like privilege too. Privilege is something that we all get like really excited about. I know for me, I love it when I feel special or when I feel privileged. If I think that I know something before anybody else knows it, like I feel really privileged. When I have like the inside track that other people don't have, 
about something in life, I feel really privileged. You know, when, when I maybe have, have something that is special, you know, that, that is very special to me, I feel privileged. And Paul is saying that this is what comes with following Jesus, that there's peace and privilege that ultimately comes. But Paul doesn't end there because he goes on and, and in verse 3 of chapter 5, Paul says that we can rejoice too, so we can also rejoice when we run into problems and when we run into trials. Now, this is where Paul kind of loses us in this whole thing, because who rejoices in problems and in trials? Why would anybody be excited about problems and trials? Why would Paul tell people that also you could rejoice, that you could, you know, have a joy, that you could have an excitement, that you could rejoice, you know, then? Well, because, you know, he goes on in, in, in verse 3, because we know that, that they help us develop endurance, which everybody knows that endurance is helpful, right? We all, we all know that endurance is a very helpful thing, but endurance is really hard to acquire. My son ran cross country uh, his four years of high school, and every day he would go out with his team and he would run, and sometimes he would run like three or four times you know, the distance that a 5K meet would be. He would run, you know, that much. And I don't know about you, but to me, that sounds like torture, running that much just to run. But I saw the outcome, and I wanted that. I, I wanted the strength, and I wanted the endurance to be able to run like that and, you know, and thrive kind of in that environment. But I didn't want the trials to come to actually get there. Paul is saying, you want to be like the cool under pressure person? You want to be the level-headed person that responds appropriately? You want to be the go-to in like your company where if something's going on, they, they come to you? You want to be the go-to person in your friend group where if anything goes wrong, like they're coming to you? You want to be the go-to in your family, you know, that if something is happening, I need to go to mom, I need to go to dad, I need, you know, call my brother, it, it'll be a lot better if I talk to him. You want to be that person that is trusted to respond well in life? That muscle has to be worked out. There has to be an endurance that is brought into it. Jesus wants us to be people who look at problems and trials in the same way that we look at peace and privilege, to see the benefit. And the benefit of these problems and trials doesn't just stop at endurance. Paul goes on in verse 4 and says, and the endurance helps develop strength of character, which again, we all want to be people who have a very strong character that are known as strong people of character that were known as someone that, you know, others don't have to worry about because we've all like known that person that you're just not sure how they're going to react. You know, will they come through? Will they show up or, you know, or are they going to back down in the pressure? Or, or maybe we've known that person that you're pretty sure how they're going to react and you're pretty sure that it's not going to be very good. And we don't want to be that person. We, we make heroic movies that we applaud about the high character people. And, and even in movies where someone starts out with a very low level of character, that we generally redeem that person later on with a very high act of character in their life. And we redeem that character. 
This is the human condition to desire this. We have a deep down longing desire to be people of strong character. And Paul's saying this is how it is developed, that time under pressure strengthens our endurance and it strengthens our character in life. And then he makes another like four Christians only statement because honestly, up until this point, pretty much everyone can play along with what we've been talking about. Every human being can get on board with time under pressure produces results. Sports science backs this up. Regular science backs this up. This is something that just makes sense to us. We know that this is true. This next statement that Paul makes, though, however, is, is a Christian-only skate. It's, it's, a, it's a thing that is directly towards Christians. And this is the part that if you're not a Christian, if you're not a follower of Jesus, this actually might be a reason to continue not being a Christian. This is where Paul says, you know, remember that peace and privilege that you like so much? This right here is how you use that peace and privilege. He continues in that verse and he says, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. That the character produced from the endurance gained in the problem and trial times of our lives, that it should strengthen our belief in Jesus. And you know why that this is important? You know why this is an important thing that Paul points out? It's because all of our biggest questions in life surround like this, this question. How could God allow this to happen to me? How could God allow like this to happen to my friend? How could God allow this to happen to my loved one? You know, how could God allow this to happen to that, that innocent person that never did anything? And listen, I, I can't give you an answer for that. In fact, no one can fully give you an answer for that. But hope, that beautiful expectation that there's something more to the problem and trial than what can currently be seen in life, hope. Hope should be our driving force forward instead of us falling victim to the difficulty. You see, this takes our responses as Jesus followers to a whole new level. And Paul goes on in verse 5 and he says, And this hope that we have will not lead us to disappointment. Or basically, Paul says, in hoping, like, you're not going to be disappointed. In fact, you'll be glad that you did. You won't be let down by having hope for something more than what you currently see. And why? Why won't we be let down by this? Because we know how dearly God loves us. Because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love, a different kind of love. That as followers of Christ, our hearts should be filled with love, knowing that God loves us. And what comes out of us during these times right now of difficulty and disturbance should look like that kind of love, a calmly responsive, unconditional love. And maybe for you, that's not the kind of love that you've experienced from the church in your life. Maybe you've experienced more of a reactionary judgment of who you are and, and what you've done. But that's not Jesus. And for those of us that call ourselves Christians, this is what we are to do in a time just like this, to be the loving response to the problem. 
And I'm not trying to convince any of us that, you know, what's going on is fun. I'm not trying to convince, you know, any of us that, that the way that some people are reacting right now, you know, is desirable. I'm saying that the way we respond in these times will say something about God's love. And that someone might just come to find a more full life during this time of limitation when we decide to fight for the resilience that can be built as responders rather than reactors. My prayer is that we will be that church, Bridge Church, that we will respond differently to what's going on around us in life. So let's respond in love rather than react in fear or frustration this week. Let's be that hope and let's build that resilience through our response. Well, as we wrap up today, I have just a couple of quick reminders for everybody. Guys, as of now, we are still planning to have our poker night on Friday. The details of all of this can be found on our Facebook page where you are right now or you can go to bridgedayton.com, um, or if you have the Church Center app, it's all on there, and uh, you can see everything that is there. Ladies, the sign-up for our Love and Respect group are live now. The links to the online sign-up are under the events page at bridgedayton.com or directly through the, through the Church Center app. That starts on Saturday, March the 28th, so make sure you get in there, get signed up for it, get your book ordered. It's an amazing, amazing thing, and you want to be a part of that. Thanks for logging in today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, I hope everybody has a really great week and reach out if you need us because you know that we're going to be reaching out for you. Go find that full life and take somebody else there with you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. For more information on service times, location, or just to get in touch with us, go to bridgedayton.com.